Hello and welcome to an all-new Talking Foosball Extra, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. My name is Nick Wiltagen and I'm once again delighted to do a little bit of a deep dive into one specific team. This time around I've uh, chosen to take a closer look at Bayer Leverkusen and you know what that means. Whenever I look at Bayer Leverkusen, I can't do without one of my favorite guests, the host of the Leverkusen podcast, Bayer Leverkusen expert. Eric Brühl, how are you doing today, Eric? Thanks, Nick. Happy to be here um, with an introduction like that. Um, how can I not be happy to be here? Thank you very much. At this point, I think we can maybe say the one-time podcaster uh, for the Neverkusen podcast because it's been a while since we've released an episode. But uh, yeah, happy to be here and definitely ready to talk about Bayer Leverkusen. Well, you did have a break of a couple or a few years a time back before you came back, didn't you? Once before? Yeah, we've been we've been kind of on and off sporadically over the past five years, really. Um, and there are, unfortunately, while there are no other English language podcasts about Bayer Leverkusen, um, there are several fantastic now um, German language podcasts uh, about Bayer Leverkusen. And uh, for those of you who are uh, able to understand German, I I highly recommend those, and I can share them at the end of the show if need be. Excellent. All right. On this show, we'll take a closer look at what's been going on at Bayer Leverkusen over the summer, what's been going wrong for them after the start of the season, and what's ahead for them. So all of that is to come. go with our first deep dive of the season this time around we're talking about Bayer Leverkusen and I'm joined by Eric Brühl now Eric Bayer Leverkusen zero points from two matches out of the cup did you expect that after you know the series of friendlies you guys had in in the run-up to the season which you know when you look at the results on paper all things seem to be boding pretty well right Yeah, it's as we were talking about before we started recording, the preseason really, I think, made a lot of fans hopeful that this year would start out well um, and that perhaps this season would be a little uh, different and that we could start uh, off on the front foot, which has been a problem before for Bayer Leverkusen and, and uh, appears to be a problem again this year. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, no points in the Bundesliga right now, uh, literally at the bottom of the table in 18th place, looking up at everyone else. And obviously a crushing uh, defeat by Elversberg in the uh, German Pokal, which, you know, when you're losing to a newly promoted third division side, I believe they are, and, you know, an extra time um, that manages to put four goals past you, you got to ask some questions. And you asked right before we started recording, which was more crushing, the Elversberg loss or the Augsburg loss this past week. And it, it, it is the Elversberg loss because of the fact that it's it's a Pokal match and one that we should have won. And, uh, you know, now we are out of that tournament. We saw what happened last year when we went out earlier than we should have. And the opportunity was there for Leipzig to hoist the cup. That's really Bayer Leverkusen's every year, year in, year out, best chance for a trophy. And to kind of give it away at the starting line is pretty dispiriting and defeating and perhaps that's been, there's been a bit of a hangover that's carried over into the season because I see a lot of the same mistakes being made in these last two games that were made against Elversberg. Yeah right I mean you talk about the last season and that's interesting because 
Last season, Bayer Leverkusen finished third. There were times where we sort of had an inkling of wondering, maybe could they, should they maybe be able to attack Dortmund in second and potentially be competitor against Bayern in the long run? Now, after two losses and being out of the cup, that seems to be out of the question. (laughs) Going by how the Bundesliga is, uh, you know, has been the last few years. But, I mean... Over the summer, you guys actually extended a lot of contracts, right? And on the other hand side, there weren't really an awful lot of players coming in. So you sort of kept the same team that was very successful last season, correct? Yeah, that was actually Simon Rolfe's plan. It seems over the summer, uh, very much satisfied with the status quo I, that has negative connotations, but I don't mean it the, um, that way. It, it was the case that Bayer Leverkusen finished the season strongly, uh, looked promising in the attack and also um, fairly stable in defense. And so, you know, management decided we didn't really need, well, really need to put out a lot of money for players. Um, certainly, Adam Loschek uh, is, is a newbie. He's still finding his way into the team, but um, very promising countryman of uh, Patrick Schick. But it was the idea to go into this season with the players we had from last season and to really make an attack on Dortmund for sure and hopefully uh, at the top there. But we're seeing now, uh, after a couple of uh, match days already, the injury bug beginning to hit Bayer Leverkusen. And it's not a Bayer Leverkusen season without Karim Bellarabi pulling up lame at some point. And he's done that now and will be out uh, about six weeks, I think, or perhaps longer um, I mean, Adli, who just got back from an injury, um, hurt himself in this last match against Augsburg. So right there you have two wingers who you know are no longer at our disposal. Adli's going to be out for some time as well, um, which makes you wonder, yes, is it maybe time to reconsider? And before the transfer window closes, put out some money for at least a little depth um, on, on the wings, because like I said, those injuries are not going to heal for some time. But I have confidence in this team. It seems they're just making some you know, mistakes that they weren't making last season that, that Seowane had managed to coach out of the team. But they're kind of returning to their, I shouldn't say returning, they're rather, they're, uh, they're going back to those mistakes. What's the word I'm trying to, they're, they're repeating their mistakes. Well, you mentioned there that they should go out on the transfer market, but whenever I seem to read the name Bayer Leverkusen these days, when it comes to transfer market updates, it's seemingly about them wanting to sell players or maybe being forced to sell players. I mean, there's Charles Aranguis, who is uh, the only goal scorer of the team <laughs> right now after two match days, who um, is well rumored to be uh, homesick, wanting to go back to Latin America. And then there is another player from from South America, Paulinho, the Brazilian, who is also linked with a move away from Bayer Leverkusen. So, I mean, how do these things add up or what, what do these moves potentially mean for Bayer Leverkusen on the transfer market, especially given the fact that I do think that Charles Arangues is a rather important player for them? Yes, he certainly has been uh, during his time with uh, Bayer Leverkusen, no question. When he hasn't been injured, he's been such an important component of the team. As you say, he's getting a little bit, he's getting homesick and um, would like to return to South America. And he's also getting up there a little bit in age. He's not quite the player he has been in seasons past. I mean, some of that has been because of his injury. 
I think it would be, you know, that that's that's an area of the central defensive midfield where we do have um, a tendency with players like Denner, Bayer, Andrich to um, also see some injuries. So I think depth is extremely important at that position. I would hope Aranguis is ready to play out the season and leave um, thereafter. As you say, he, we need him for his goals at this point. And <laughs> yeah, as concerns Paulinho, you know, I wasn't sad that uh, to know that Bayer Leverkusen is shopping him. Um, and that's not because I don't like him as a player. I actually do. I just don't think Bayer Leverkusen is the place for him where he's going to get the opportunities to do what he can do on a regular basis. And, you know, but at this point, with the injuries to Bellarabi and Adli, I don't know that you can sell Paulinho without, you know, first ensuring that there's going to be someone coming in to take uh, his place and, you know, provide provide that depth on the wing. So, yeah, I don't know if maybe due to these injuries now you're going to see Bayer Leverkusen kind of pull back from trying to sell their players and uh, maybe hold on, uh, if not grab another one or two. We'll see. I haven't seen any news in the last couple of days regarding transfers, um, so I may be a bit, a bit behind, but that's kind of where we stand. Right. I mean, when we look at the players who've left Bayer Leverkusen this summer, there have really not been an awful lot of surprises. Uh, there's Mitchell Weiser. He wasn't even given a squad number. So he decided in the end to um, not take the money, but made the decent choice of joining Werder Bremen. Lucas Ilario never really got happy at Bayer Leverkusen, was shopped to Eintracht Frankfurt, and, you know, the other players that have left, besides Julian Baumgart, you know, there aren't really any sort of big names on that list. So those are the players who've left the team. I mean, what would you say about the players who've been added to the lineup, though? I mean, there, there are not many transfers, right? Yeah, no, not not really. I'd have to look at the uh, exact number, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I mentioned, the Adam Loschek, I stumble on that name so much, has been kind of the biggest signing and has, you know, uh, moved pretty much right into starting lineup um, in a couple of instances, and. Yeah, that's probably our, our biggest signing. That's that's the one that's probably going to make the most noise as far as this season is concerned. We still have, I think we still have Nadia Mamiri on the book somewhere, uh, but I'm not exactly sure. It's, yeah, it, it's it, you're looking basically at Adam Lustrick, uh as, as your top sign, top and almost only signing. So it's encouraging that he's getting playing time and that he's actually doing something with it. Um, it's clear he still needs to integrate himself a little bit more in the team, uh, but he's he looks exciting and obviously he's 19 years old. So, um, there, you know, the future is uh, there for him. Um, hopefully he'll come good because, uh, you know, as you've indicated, we really haven't done a lot of business otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> The future's there for him. Hopefully, you become good. Is what people have said about me for 18 years, and now they've given up. <laughs> now let, let's turn to the season at hand. Uh, so we talked about the fact that you guys had a pretty decent a preseason, but what's been going wrong specifically in those three matches that Bayer Leverkusen have played so far? Let's start with the cup defeat, the four-three against Elversberg. As you mentioned earlier, a newly promoted side that has. Uh, just started decently into the Dritteliga season. I mean, why Why on earth could Bayer Leverkusen lose against a side that was playing in an amateur division, you know, just a few months prior to that match? Yeah, well, it is 
embarrassing, certainly, a result like that, uh, no question. That's not to diminish by any stretch of the imagination the achievement of Elversberg uh, winning this match because th they played really well. You know, if you had watched the match, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that these two teams, uh, you wouldn't have thought that these two teams were separated by two divisions, basically. Elversberg deserves all the credit for really coming after Leverkusen and never once really... Um, showing any kind of concern about being the smaller team. They came out on the front foot and really, really attacked Leverkusen. And I think in, it's in this match you kind of begin to see, or you definitely see, and again, Elversberg scored four goals. Um, the defense was in some total disarray during this match. It was just being pulled apart through the center left and right. And then we had a couple of performances that were really you know, really suspect. And I'm looking here at you, Mitchell Bacher, who was absolutely awful that day. Someone who, and then we've kind of seen in the last last few matches, he hasn't been the player he was last season. At least he hasn't gotten there yet. And um, he's been a liability at this point. Uh, and not to say much more of the center halves, depending on which pairing that was, a Kosunu or a Tapsoba with Ta or what have you. This, you saw it this past weekend in that first goal that Augsburg scored, how easily the center halves were pulled away, pulled apart, and just, you know, Augsburg dissected them, basically. So it's been a lot of inconsistency on defense has been, I think, the thread of, of the past three competitive matches. And should point out by Leverkusen has never lost their first three competitive matches, so we're already breaking records this season. Um, but uh, the defense has really been um, kind of the line uh, that extends from that cup match to, to now and has been the, the problem, really, in many cases for Leverkusen. That said, you know, it should be noted, as you pointed out, that we haven't uh, we've scored one goal in the Bundesliga thus far in two matches. That's very not like Leverkusen. Patrick Schick, Serdar Asmun have really struggled. Asmun had so many chances against uh, Dortmund to win that match, to be honest with you. He just, you know, kept putting past the goal. And Schick, he's kind of rounding himself back into game shape, I think, um, after a long delay and a period of delay, like a long period of being away from the team last year. They came back towards the end and he seemed to hit his stride, but he may be trying to find it again. And, uh, you know, to some extent, too, if, if we're talking about uh, all three matches, um, the, you know, in the last match we faced some against Augsburg, faced some really um, amazing goalkeeping. Rafael Gikovic, like, basically stood on his head a couple of times and denied Schick an opportunity to kind of score his uh, first goal of the season. And uh, Dia uh, Musa Diaby hasn't been quite the presence that he was last year at all times. He, he seems to kind of um, pop in and out of games a little bit like he did in prior seasons and hasn't quite found the stride that he had, which really made him our best player last year. So it's kind of waiting. I, th I think it's just a question thus far of, you know, the, t the team will definitely improve. But um, again, a loss against Elversberg, which is the best opportunity by Leverkusen have for any kind of hardware, the Pokal, it, it just, uh, it, it's kind of crushing. And it's a terrible, it's, it's a terrible way to start the season. And um, obviously, it's, it has had some effect, I think, on those first two matches. Well, now that we've talked about the negatives, is there anything that has worked out well so far this season? It's a great question. So far, I mean, so, you know, 
I will say that you know, they haven't forgotten how to play football. That's 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 a positive, I think. I don't know that I can take away a lot of positives from the start of the season thus far. Um, none of the players look quite up to their talent level, to what they're capable of doing. Lucas Radetzky, for example, you know, hasn't been stellar and got himself tossed from the match two weeks ago. Uh, I think that looking at the starting lineups from each of the matches, that Seoane is still trying to figure out what his best lineup looks like and, uh, you know, who can play with whom. And... I mean, I guess it's at this point, there's not a lot. The best news I can think of is that we're going up against Hoffenheim this week. That's not going to be an easy match, but it's going to be a good match by which to test themselves to see if they can bring themselves out of this funk, because that's, I really do think that's just kind of what it is. Um, they need to, you know, win a match three to one or something like that, four to one, and outperform their expected goals to really kind of get that confidence going. Because, yeah, it seems that one of the things that we want every trainer at Leverkusen to do, and every trainer has so far failed at this, is instill that kind of confidence that allows you to, you know, start the season the way Borussia Dortmund did with 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 two matches which were really kind of where they underperformed, but, you know, they won against Bayer Leverkusen one to nothing just by holding them from scoring, and then they came back against Freiburg, and these are the kind of dirty games that you have to win in order to be at the top of the Bundesliga, and Bayer Leverkusen has traditionally struggled with that ability to really see through a match where they're not playing their best, and, and it seems like, you know, early in the season at least, we're in that position, and it's as you indicated a little bit earlier, you know, we're already six points behind Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. It's kind of like Liverpool right now with those consecutive ties, draws, or, you know, are falling behind Manchester City. And it's a similar phenomenon in, in this league. Um, certainly, you don't want to drop points, especially early and especially against beatable teams. It only sets you back that much further. So, Leverkusen, you know, I'm not worried yet, but they do have a bit of a hill to climb at this point, and um, really nothing outside of a victory uh, against Hoffenheim is going to look good. Um, I don't think a draw uh, really helps um, in this situation. They have to uh, literally turn this ship around. All right, let's uh, take a look at what's in store for Leverkusen in the future how they'll be running up that hill <laughs> in part two. Yes, it's time to take uh, a glance into the crystal ball and see if uh, Bayer Leverkusen are entering something great or if they're off to never neverland as as often been the case with neverkusen uh, you mentioned the match against uh, hoffenheim there eric now it's one of those el plastico matches that uh, doesn't really do a lot for a lot of football fans if we're being honest um, <laughs> i understand i understand now both Bayer Leverkusen and Hoffenheim do like to play attacking football so how do you see this one panning out i mean hoffenheim haven't precisely been a barnstorming sensation that has been you know a solid in defense either so far this season so i'm sure you're actually considering this as, as a pretty decent chance to get things rolling yeah it, uh, that's the thing i think these two teams uh, come up against each other um, at a good time and fairly evenly matched to be honest with you i watched the highlights from 
Hoffenheim's uh, match against Bochum just this morning. And they do have players with quality and with skill. Um, and certainly they showed fight playing from behind against Bochum, going down two to nothing and still um, turning the match. I think probably in this match, everybody's expected goals will be near two. I think we, there's every chance you could see a four to three or some type of, um, some type of score uh, in that direction. I don't know that Bayer Leverkusen is going to get its defensive issues solved in one match, but um, hopefully they can blunt Hoffenheim's attack a little bit. Uh, but Hoffenheim can come at you from a number of ways. And, and what was clear from the highlights is their set pieces, corners, etc., are pretty good. And Bayer Leverkusen has traditionally been pretty bad at uh, defending those. So, it, I, I, you know, I would hope there's going to be some practice this week, some periods in the training um, when they'll concentrate a little bit on that. Those two losses don't really change anything. Bayer Leverkusen has this quality to um, play anyone in this league and play them well. That's what I hope they do this week. And yeah, in, in all likelihood, you're going to have Seawane is going to have to get a little bit creative with his lineup because of um, the injuries. And I should note because we haven't mentioned his name once during a Bayer Leverkusen podcast, but Florian Vietz, you know, that's another reason why this season perhaps hasn't gone as well as it could because it does feel as though you're missing a creative spark in the midfield um, without him there, and he playing behind um, Patrick Schick was really just uh, like his best position and it, it made the buyer attack really, really dangerous. So he's still out for a period of time. You know, they figured out how to play without him at the end of last season. Um, maybe they weren't as good. I mean, they definitely weren't as good. Yeah, Florian Vitz is a, yeah, he's a game changer. He's, he's an incredible talent. So when he comes back, obviously, and that's a while yet, we'll, we'll see, I think, a, a little refreshment, so to speak, in Bayer Leverkusen's attack. But, I mean, until that happens, that you know, they're going to need Osmond and the wingers to really um, support Patrick Schick um, and get him off his duck. Right. Well, if you if you look a little bit further into the future, I mean, out, out of the uh, first 10 match days, there's basically only the match against Bayern and Frankfurt coming up, you know, that are against other Champions League sides. So by match day 10, where do you think Bayer Leverkusen is going to be? I mean, they've got a run of beatable teams after the match against Hoffenheim. They've got Mainz, which is, yes, tricky match, but then it's Hertha and Werder Bremen before they play against Bayern on match day 8. Looking at this before the season, actually, uh, looking at the, the schedule before the season started, I was actually very happy with the order the opponents um, were coming for Bayer Leverkusen. I thought a match against Dortmund at, right at the beginning was a great way to kind of sharpen metal with metal, so to speak, and then thought, you know, hey, uh, we'll, we'll probably coast for the next few matches after that. But we saw what happened against Augsburg. Um, we know what Hoffenheim is capable of. As you say, Mainz is a difficult ask um, any day uh, when they're playing at home. Uh, then Freiburg comes to Leverkusen, and I sometimes lump Freiburg and Augsburg into that same group of teams that, you know, that Augsburg has had no luck against Leverkusen, but they did this season, and Freiburg has had some luck in the past against Leverkusen and play them tough. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at this stage if they had, uh, looking as they do, and uh, if they're not demoralized by the kind of upsetting uh, loss this past weekend, they're going to be difficult. Hertha, 
okay, I feel pretty good about that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's not as, as long as they're not coached by Felix Magath, they're useless. But I mean, your boys from Bremen, for example, um, yeah, they've shown that they have quality on that team. Fulkrug and Dutch are fun to watch. They need to see a striker pair up there having some luck. So they, you know, they. I can't remember who they played this past weekend, but they, those two. It, Stuttgart, that's right. Not an easy match. Um, and uh, yeah, Bremen, that's right, tied it at the end there. And But you saw how Dutch and Fulkrug were playing, how, how comfortable they are playing with one another. And that gives me some concern with regards to uh, the back line, because uh, it, it doesn't take much to pull um, Bayer Leverkusen's back line apart. So, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, yeah, match day eight is Bayern Munich, and we, we've seen how, how they look. Uh, I I don't know how many, you know, points we might get from the next five matches, but, you know, at this point, with zero points after two match days, you kind of got to hope uh, that you get, like, 12, um, and uh, that's that's not easy to do. No, well, anyways, uh, match day nine sees uh, Schalke being at the Bay Arena, and, uh, you know, that that is, if anything, has ever been a secure mm-hmm. three-pointer, that is, for sure. <laughs> Again, I don't, you know... I don't know that there's really um, any t- too many teams in this league this year that are pushovers. I I do think you know Bochum probably in that category. I won't call him a pushover, but not someone other teams would necessarily be trembling in their boots to meet. And you know, again, Schalke showed real uh, eggs, so to speak, uh, this past weekend against Mönchengladbach, whom I rate pretty highly as well. After starting with three consecutive uh, competitive losses, I've got to say my confidence is kind of in the crapper. Um, but uh, yeah, w- you know, we'll see. It's still early in the season, and I, I do believe we can turn it around. Right, and and you do believe that this is going to happen with your current coach, Sewane. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he definitely, we saw last year what this team is capable of with um, him uh, directing, so to speak. And I think it would be a mistake to consider, you know, at this early stage, any kind of move to replace him. And he's done what so far, everything that's really been asked of him, um, gotten us back into the Champions League, which is now even more terrifying prospect after the start of this season. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think he can turn it around. I, I do think he can reach the team and that this hopefully, you know, even though it may scupper some uh, the opportunity to uh, finish atop the table at the end of the season, I, I do think these two matches are hopefully just a blip on the radar. Right. I mean, last time, our last season, we, we spoke about Bayer Leverkusen, me and you. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, that long-term project that Bayer Leverkusen had dreamed of. You know, the, the vision of, you know, being able to win a title by, uh, what was it, 2026 or 2025? I mean, one season has passed since that announcement or that article uh, was published in Build. No title was won in the first season. Now you're off into the next season, which uh, with the start, that's not exactly promising. <laughs> now, do you think that the people in charge at the Bay Arena maybe have bitten off a little bit more than they can chew in terms of the goals they've set for themselves and, and the team? I don't ever think it's wrong to set a goal of becoming champion uh, if you're a professional sports team. That's that's definitely what everybody should be playing for. I'd question more not the goal so much as the objective and how you're going to reach that goal if you're constantly signing, 
young up-and-coming players uh, which we have been doing in the past and then kind of selling them now you didn't see a lot of movement in the transfer market this season this year i should say perhaps you know as, uh, as we discussed earlier but perhaps that's because the idea is to you know move towards that goal with this team uh, but yeah some of these players are not going to be there in 2025 2026 um, Bayer Leverkusen, I think, has to change their strategy at least a little bit from trying to buy these flashy, um, fast or physically imposing fast uh, defenders, strikers, etc. And we need to think a little bit um, more about some solid signings um, in, in the form of uh, people like, you know, previously at Charles Aranguis, which was a surprise, but obviously... A surprise signing, but obviously the one that helped tremendously when he was fit. Robert Andrish is another good example of just this kind of blue-collar type, so to speak, of footballer that we signed from Berlin. The squad is going to have to be a little more well-rounded than what we currently have in order to achieve that. And I think if we spent a little bit more money, let's say, to bring a little bit more money bringing in people um, for the defensive side of things, I think that would pay dividends. You know, previously with Bakker and Frimpong, we thought we had gotten, you know, pretty good deals for um, two uh, very good very good players. Bakker's looking a little shaky, like I said, this season. Um, and Frimpong hasn't been at his best. But if they really want to achieve that goal, it's, it's going to have to be a little, the transfer policy is going to have to be a little different than it has been in years past. Well, there you go. I don't know. And any anything else you want to add, or any thoughts that strike you about the current situation at Bayer Leverkusen that you think that should be added out on on this podcast? I guess I would just be concerned a little bit about the injury bug uh, that's hit Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I mentioned Bellarabi and Adli, but it also the case like uh, Lunia, the backup goalkeeper, broke. Um, uh, I can't remember what he did actually, but he hurt himself. He's out for a while. So Rodetsky can't be pulling that red card stuff uh, again. I th think everybody just has to settle down. Rodetsky's red card, for example, is a good example of how kind of jumpy this team is at the moment and how not settled it is. Uh, it's, uh, things, I think, will come together and the team will begin to play with a little more team spirit, uh, which has been missing. But I also think a lot of that will be a question of when they start scoring goals. They really, they need to start scoring goals. That's basically, that's basically what um, will kickstart the engine uh, of Bayer Leverkusen. Well, best of luck with that this weekend against one of the most <laughs> hated sides in Germany, Hoffenheim. You're playing against, best of luck with that. Eric, always a blast to have you on. Uh, please tell our listeners where they can uh, find your work and where they can find you on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at schnicksb04. You can usually find me on there if you want to talk by our Leverkusen stuff. Also at Leverkusen Pod on Twitter. Uh, like I said, you know, we haven't been recording recently and a lot of us uh, are pretty busy with new kids or new jobs, what have you. So I don't know that you'll hear from us in the near future, but I did want to just um, throw out three, excuse me, podcasts in German um, about Bayer Leverkusen. Alle beide, which means both of them, basically. That's directly from the Bayer Leverkusen fan initiative. And then the Kreuz Verhör 
which is a fan podcast, and The Bipod, which is a fan podcast. And both of those are, they're all three fantastic. The Bipod and the Kreuzverhör are generally a little more consistent in their output. Uh, so if you speak German and you want to know more about Bayer Leverkusen and you want to hear some funny people speak about them in German in some funny term, glowing terms, uh, then I would, yeah, definitely recommend Excellent. Well, anyways, uh, this is it for another edition of Talking Football Extra. On this feed, you'll be hearing Matt Herman with another match day review pod coming up next Monday. And after that, it's uh, Jasmine, Mike and me with the Bundesliga 2 and Lower League podcast version of Talking Football Extra. So all of that is to come. Until then, it is goodbye for now.